How to create 50 children's books in less than two years. I'm going to tell you the step-by-step process to creating children's books. And I created about 50 in about a year and a half. So I'm going to go through the entire process of what I did to create this volume of work and to help you if you're interested in creating a bunch of children's books. So I thought I'd give you a bit of a step-by-step scenario of how to do this. And yeah, I just want to be super helpful. And if you're writing or illustrating or creating any kind of content, you might be able to pull some things from this. So I mean, the first off piece is setting a goal. So you're looking at SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, timely. I think those are the five. So those are uh, the pieces that you want to keep in mind when you're creating a goal. So my goal two years ago was I'm going to create 400 children's books before I turn 30. And this is realistic if I'm creating volume per day, but it's also a little scary And that's actually a good thing because we tend to set goals that aren't that scary and aren't that challenging. So what happens is we get demotivated and and unexcited to tackle these goals that we set for ourselves. So I figure, well, you know, it'd be nice if I could do 40 books in two years. And then I'm thinking, well, why not make it 400? Make it super challenging. And it created this level of discipline that I didn't have in terms of creating that kind of content and doing something I'm not really comfortable with, which is writing and drawing children's books. So this idea of doing 400 sounded a little bit scary, but I knew because I was averaging about three hours to five hours per book that I could get a book done per day. I could easily do 600 books in two years if I really decided this is all I'm going to do. Of course, that would maybe affect the quality. So instead, I wanted to set a goal that seemed a little bit more realistic. And even if I don't hit it, 50 books, well, that's, that's something to be proud of if anyone were to do that. So setting a goal that's maybe a little bit more challenging will keep you motivated all the way through. So that's what you need to do when you're thinking of creating any kind of content. Is you set this goal that might seem like a bit of a stretch, but you can probably do it if that's what you focus on. And even if you don't, falling short isn't the end of the world. You're much further ahead than if you hadn't set the goal. So I think setting the goal and making it challenging is something that's going to get you excited. So that's what I did. And what really motivated me was experiences, things that happen in my life that I figure, ooh, I should channel this into book content. So that's what I did. And that's what you want to look at is your experiences and bucketing all of these experiences into some kind of a spreadsheet so that you can create content much quicker. Your volume, your level of volume goes up 
much more significantly if you have experiences to pull from, things that get you excited to talk about. Even if it's something terrible like a breakup or maybe some sort of thing that's happened in your family, you can channel that into a book. And there are countless children's books on things from relationships to growing up, to passing away, to different illnesses, diseases, happiness. There's so many different themes. So don't feel like what's happening in your life is not appropriate for a child. Children are much more able to handle uh, what we think they can't. They're very strong little people, little monsters that I like to call them. And they can handle they can handle these experiences that you're sharing. So don't feel like it has to be censored per se, because all we're trying to do is create a volume of books and getting your your emotions out there on the page, that's what we want to aim for. Because those kinds of stories are the ones that become much more successful. For instance, one of the top books of all time, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein, that particular book was about growing up, getting older, and it was about consumerism, and there's so much to it. But the reason why it was so powerful is because there is a lot of emotion behind it. There's a, there's a significant story based on experiences that the author shared. So that's why it's such a powerful children's book. So you set your goal, you've got kind of a number in mind. I want to create, you know, if you want to go for the 50 in two years, you might want to set a goal of like 300, 400, okay? Because then you're starting to think, okay, I need to have a daily rhythm, which is really important because that's going to help you with the process. The style, you want to figure out what you like to do in terms of creativity. Do you like to draw by hand? Do you like to do this digitally? Do you like to maybe just write? A children's author can maybe just write and then maybe their cover page is the only thing that has a drawing and the rest is completely words. And that's fine. That's great for a much more mature children audience, right? So you can go with that. Kind of like the Harry Potter style. You could do that kind of writing. But let's assume that we're gonna do picture books because, and the reason why I say that is because this is how I did it and I created a bunch of picture books and they're about 32 pages each. That's kind of the standard in terms of creating, creating a children's book. You wanna aim for that 32 page picture book standard. Of course, I believe in changing the status quo. So if you want to go beyond that or even less, that's perfectly fine because you now have the option with self-publishing to do whatever style you want. And I think that goes for whether you're an author or just writing, you can do any kind of length. You don't have to do a novel that's 200 pages. You could do a 30-page short story and that could sell for $5 on Amazon to $10. It really depends on how you see the value in it. It's not so much how many pages you're trying to get to, okay? It's what is the story and how many pages do you need to communicate this story? That's what's really important. So 
again, you pull these experiences in, you figure out your style. Hmm, do I like writing? Do I like drawing? Do I like doing both? And that's perfectly fine, right? It's figuring that out. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to draw or if I had enough experience to be able to do it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe my drawings are a little bit too comical, but actually if I pair it with my quirky writing, this could actually work out and this could be a nice pairing. So you might find that you're able to do multiple things to create that story. And that's perfectly fine. Next thing you want to do though, is once you figure out what your style is, is you template it out. Because what happens is we like to start from fresh on every story, but that's a huge roadblock because the first thing you have to do is look at this blank page and figure out how am I going to fill this page up? Well, if you have a template built, then you're already ahead of the game. You already have a couple pages ready to go before you even start the story. So that's what I like to use as a template. And it's super easy to make this template. I'm going to actually show you the kind of template that I use for the video viewers here. And hopefully this will work. I'm going to hit present mode. So this is a software. I use a digital software. Um, so you've got template. That's my first page. And the way it's set up is I have my little brand name at the bottom. So that's just standard across all my books. And I think branding your books is really valuable because over time, as you're creating stories, people will get to know who you are. And then you have template. And I just changed the word template to whatever my story is. So that's my, that's my cover. And then I'll add a drawing to it. But what's great is I've already got the format, I've got the sizing, I've got the, the page dimensions already set up. So I just replicate this file and I'm already ahead of the game by having that taken care of. And then the next page is, well, simple, written and illustrated by Trev. And what I'll do is I'll change the font style. I'll change it depending on what kind of story I'm creating. But at the very least, I'm already I'm already set with the pages that I'm going to have in every story anyways. And then here we go. Begin story. Hey, that's all I really need to do because that's going to help move me forward. So I'm not just looking at a blank page. I can replace begin story with the first sentence of the book. And I'm already getting through that forward momentum that a lot of people maybe struggle with. And then I've got the end page, which is just the back cover. So I've created a template for my books and that makes it really easy to get started. So I don't feel like I'm always starting from scratch because if you're going to start from scratch, that's a tremendous roadblock to get over with. So that's what I recommend. You have a template and if you're drawing, well, maybe you have a certain style on the first couple of pages that you're drawing and you can replicate that across the board and just remember, okay, this is how I start off every book that I have. Or even if it's a single word or a sentence, it just helps you move forward with that. Once you have the template, you're already cutting down on your time. So that's really important because cutting down on your time means 
you can focus more on the story. And let's assume that you've already got a job and you're trying to fit this passion pursuit into your day. Well, it's already difficult enough to find time. So you don't want to be doing things that are repetitive. You want to standardize it so that the story is the first thing that you have to start with, not the semantics of trying to create a file or starting on a new canvas. It's it's something that's just going to have an effect on your your ability to create. So that's what I think is being able to create the process for things that you already do quite often. Next piece is looking at your time. So you've saved time by having a template. The next piece is looking at your schedule and saying, what are the things that I don't need to do? Okay, let's just cut this out completely. I don't need to do this. So maybe it's going to different events that you've been invited to and you, you just feel obligated to. Well, if you want to get serious with this, you might have to cut out some of the things and activities that you were doing before because this is something that maybe takes priority in your evenings. Maybe one of the things is that you do a lot of Netflix watching. I, I personally don't have Netflix, but assuming maybe you watch TV, that's something you can maybe cut down on or eliminate so that you can start creating. Because if you can get back two to three hours of TV watching time, there is a lot you could do in a year with that time. That is tremendous time to be able to devote to this. And that's really important. Of course, if you require this downtime, that's going to make it a little bit of a struggle if you're trying to use your downtime to maybe create because you don't want to get all stressed because then everything will feel contrived. You want to feel relaxed when you're creating a story because things just flow naturally that way. So hopefully you can transition this so that drawing or writing is something that's relaxing to you because if you can get it like that, then you would eventually want to do this more than Netflix or whatever sort of things or watching YouTube videos. I mean, you could definitely cut that down and move towards creating more. And I'm all about moving away from consumption and more towards creation, creating things. Uh, you know, if you're going to consume, hopefully it's something educational or something that makes your day and helps motivate you or whatnot and then channeling that into a creative activity. But if all you're doing is consuming all day, that's going to be very difficult to create anything. Like you need to figure out how much time can I devote? Do I need to pick the kids up from school or maybe they can walk home? Like if you're, if you're an author or you're aspiring to be or you're an artist or maybe you have kids, then your schedule is already jam-packed. You don't have too much time to devote to creative pursuits. Most of your time is going to be devoted to kids. Like They require all of your attention. So you need to figure out where you can find that free time, that alone time to be able to, to do this. Because the volume of work that we're talking about here is significant. So you need that time. Of course, now you've kind of figured out your style. You figured out, this is how I kind of do my creative thing. This is my style. I'm going to go with this. 
awesome. Now you need to figure out the platform. So what is this platform? Is it on paper? What kind of paper are you drawing on? Uh, for me, I've got some eight and a half by 11s that I've doodled on and more from an artistic standpoint. But I noticed quite quickly is that a lot of my stuff was turning out quite comical and I found it challenging to convert that into a book style. So I've reserved my hand drawings for more just fun doodles. And instead, what I've done is use the template that I showed, which is on Google Slides of all programs, which is free. That's what I use for all of my books. And I just use that as my platform. And I can digitally create different shapes and put characters together with the platform. Super simple. It cuts out a lot of clutter in terms of creation, and that's why I like it. I've also used Illustrator, InDesign. All of those are great for digital drawing and, and layouts on your computer, but say you don't have the money to fork over for those programs, then certainly you could use Google Slides because you can scribble on Google Slides. Like You can do a bunch of different things to create the story. So don't feel like you have to use an expensive program. And there are other programs that are free that are alternatives to Illustrator, like uh, GIMP, G-I-M-P, I think is one, where it's completely open source. Uh, but I really do think that the platform isn't so critical. It's more what you're creating on the page. Are you more digitally inclined or are you more by hand? Either way is perfectly fine, as long as you stick to what you're good at and you keep improving. So you can draw by hand. So if you do the hand drawings, what I would recommend is you draw it on whichever kind of paper you have and then you take the photo and then you, you sort of create the layout on one of these digital programs. Maybe it's Illustrator, maybe it's Slides, what have you. I mean, either program, you can customize the page setup and the dimensions, so you're good either way. You can choose either one. But I would create the drawing, take the photo, upload it, and you got yourself the drawing, and then add in the text through the computer. So that's, that's an option. For me, I like to just create right in the platform, so I just go with Google Slides. I have the text there. And speaking of the, the template there, I'll just go over the outline in a bit here but of how, how my process is in terms of creating the story. Because I think that's going to be impart, important because once you figure out how to create one story, you get into a flow and it becomes more and more easy to create the next one and then the next one. So, uh, but you wanna figure out your platform and don't feel like you have to spend a bunch of money, okay? If you're starting from scratch, just use the resources that are free and available to you because, because it's a little bit challenging to just get started and make a bunch of money from this. You, it could take a while, so don't feel like spending is required here. You shouldn't let spending affect your creative energy. I think you can create with the tools you have available. I'm, I'm really all for that. So you've got the program. The next piece is having this outline. I personally like to write out 
sentence by sentence the story, and then I'll do the drawings after. That's my flow. So I'll do like a sentence per page, and I might add in a few more sentences, and that's how I'll essentially create my story. But I'm starting from the template, and that's it. And Stephen King essentially starts from a blank slate for every story. And he, I don't even think he uses an outline from what I recall. He just starts creating. And his process is sitting down and writing X number of words per day. And that's his daily habit. And that's helpful. So that's what you can implement as well. But the outline is really simple for me and it helps because then all I have to do is add the drawings in after and I'm ready to go. But that's what you want to look at is your outline. So maybe you want to draw the images first and add the writing in after. That's perfectly fine as well. You can do either or. As long as you create a simple outline because it's almost like a stage of making it easier and easier to create your story. And that's what you want to do. And by looking at it as little chunks of the story that you're just putting together in little pieces, you're going to get much quicker at putting these together. Versus looking at the daunting task of creating a fresh story with absolutely no content to begin with. It's very challenging. So making these little chunks of productivity, adding them up, creates a story before you know it. So in terms of the format, there's really no set structure. I mean, you can go either way. So again, this depends on how you want to create the story and what feels natural to you. Don't feel like you have to follow certain rules in terms of creating a story because countless authors out there, they are creating the way they want to and that's just how it is. And it's whatever works for them, right? So that's what you got to look at. So once you've created the story, I would look at uh, looking at proofreading it. So maybe you put your shapes together, you put your writing together, and now you're, you're looking at it like, okay, I need to make sure this is good, or I need to tweak this. The thing about drawing by hand is if you make a mistake on the page, you have to redo the page. So if you're somebody who's very artistically inclined, who's got quite a bit of detail in the drawings, one mistake could, could take quite a while to, to fix. So then in that case, I always look at an iPad as a way to go if you want to create digitally and be able to make edits to any errors. That's what I personally like if, if I was looking at drawing. So that's what you have to look at especially if you have these incredible illustrating skills, you want to be able to edit what you're creating. Otherwise, you're going to have to redo this masterpiece of a page that you've created. And that's, that's a bit challenging. So that's what you got to look at is as you're proofreading and editing, what's the easiest flow for you? I designed this flow through Google Slides so that if I make a mistake, it's easy to undo. And that's what I've personally like and that allows me to create significant volume but you might want to have an editor or a critique group looking at your book once it's drafted and ready because then they can give you some additional tips or catch things that maybe you didn't see before and that's helpful 
For me personally, I'm all about just creating, doing the editing myself, really particular about proofreading and and then just getting it out there. That's that's just my way because I just want to create as much as possible. And I think that's the momentum that I've set for myself. That being said, you might have a different style and go with that. You want to get a bunch of people editing it? Awesome, do that. Just don't let that slow down your process of getting books out to the world because some people will edit for for a lifetime and it will never get published. And I don't know if that's the most exciting thing to be doing for the rest of your life is just editing and editing because you'll never know if it's good or not. You'll never know because the consumers are the ones that count. They're the ones that dictate whether your book is successful or not. So let them decide because you can always go back after you've published and tweak and refine and then release a version 2.0. So don't feel like a release is the the be all end all. You can keep going, keep creating something else and, and make tweaks. So that's one recommendation. Um, you might look at this and say, hey, I think I can create a series out of this and maybe create another eight or nine books out of this same story. And that's awesome because then you've got something to really sell down the road is this series of books. So that might be something that you figure out after you create book number one. You think, hey, you know what? I've got another book in mind for this. And I've got a, you know, me personally, I've found a few stories where I've still got more to tell. So then I'll create another book aligned with the story. So I've got a couple of those. But don't feel like everything has to be a series because you might find out that it's just it doesn't feel natural. Like Dr. Seuss has a new book every time. He has 60 or 70 out there and he's got a new story. There's no there's no series anywhere. Like it's all it's all fresh books and it works for him. But you might be more of a series author and that's perfectly fine as well. In terms of sales, that works really well for somebody starting out. Because then at least you've got a theme. You sell that first book, okay, they're hooked. They want to figure out what's on the next one and then the next one. So they're going to buy your your extra copies. And that's great because then you've got recurring customers. I think that's in, incredibly valuable if you've got recurring revenues from the same customer. So that's what a series gives you in terms of an advantage. The other approach is you just become really prolific with a volume of works or you just create a few out there and you just spend the rest of your life promoting the books like three or four books that maybe you've created and that's all you do is just focus on just that small volume that you've created and that works too many different avenues of creating these stories and how you want to disperse and distribute them to the world so don't feel like you have to choose one, okay? There's, there's a lot of flexibility. The last main piece is a daily practice of creating. There's going to be days where you don't want to create. Maybe you don't want to draw or maybe you don't want to write. Try to do something. Maybe it's taking a photo. Maybe it's just 
writing a word, maybe it's just drawing a line, having that daily practice is going to help you with creating day after day after day. And then before you know it, you have books and books and books coming out of your head and you have all these ideas. So the daily practice is really important. And to help me, I have a note app that I use. You can use Evernote or whatnot. And it helps me creating a bunch of content in advance. I have little points like, ooh, story of a girl who, who gets sick, but then she feels better. And it's like, okay, this is cool. I'm going to write this down. I, I don't know if it's going to be garbage or if it's going to be amazing, but I will write it in my note app because that's where the incubator starts for me. And that helps with the daily practice because I just look at the app, I look at the note that I made, and I'm able to pull a story out of it. There's, there's almost a thousand ideas that I've written out that I can essentially work on for the rest of my life. So I'm set in terms of ideas. And But that's been accumulated over years and years of talking to others and just listening to my thoughts and writing them down. So starting with that is quite critical to your daily practice. I use uh, Google Keep, which is great. It syncs across my phone and my laptop. So if I'm out and about and I've got an idea, my phone is likely with me so I can quickly write it down. And it's part of the incubator. And I can always refer back to it because you have these fleeting ideas and you wanna capture them so that you can write them down and, and work on them. That's how you're gonna create this volume. If you're just letting your thoughts wander, you might, you might lose something that could have been quite exciting. So look at your thoughts, look at your emotions and channel that towards your daily practice of creating. And that's how you're gonna to get to 50 books or more in two years or less. I really do think that it's quite doable. And if you get away from this, this self-judgment of your, your daily work, then you're gonna be able to create much more and you're gonna be able to put much more out there for the world to see. And that is valuable. So break it down. Don't look at it in terms of 50 books in two years, look at it in terms of, okay, a book every two weeks or a book to two books every two weeks. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad when I look at it that way. There's a lot of time in two weeks. I think I could put this together. That's what you want to look at because then it doesn't sound as scary and that will allow you to create this volume of work that maybe sounds really really scary to begin with, but when you break it all down, there's many years in a lifetime, so you can just chunk this out and just pump out work day after day after day, and then you get better, okay? Your daily practice is going to start off really crummy. If you're new to this whole prospect of creating, the initial push is gonna be ugly, and that's okay because you're gonna get better and better, okay? Everything's gonna improve over time because you're working this muscle over and over and over again, okay? Creating is very much like fitness. 
You have to keep going with these habits. And that's how you're going to propel yourself forward. And you become a master of your domain by doing this, by having this daily process. I mean, you just master it before you know it. It might take 10,000 hours or maybe it'll take less. We don't know. But starting now means you're at least a few steps closer. And that's, that's it. That's all I've got. 50 children's books in two years. Hopefully in two years, I'll see you and have, and you'll have a bunch of creative work that you've created. Because again, all of this can be applied to any endeavor. Maybe it's YouTube videos. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's just doing presentations. Maybe it's speaking. Maybe it's sales. It could be a number of different things. You're creating something, creating action. You're creating meetings. You're creating discussions, conversations. Use this process for any endeavor that you have because there's a lot of creating out there that we just take for granted. Maybe we're sending out an email. That's a form of creating. So maybe you could say, ooh, 50 emails in a day. That's my creating thing. So maybe look at this. Okay, what kind of template can you create? What kind of process can you create so that this is so easy for you and that it actually becomes fun, right? That's what you want to do. So look at this particular video, or if you're listening on podcast, use this as an example for any pursuit. And hopefully this helps you and you've been able to pull some ideas. So until next time, thanks for tuning in.